Hello, you're listening to Thought Starters, a podcast on the business of creativity, recorded at the pod at White City Place. I'm David Michel. It's often hard to define the boundaries around design, and more and more, design studios are dropping the posture that there are really any boundaries at all. Interior design, event design, branding, curation, they can all emerge from the same creative thought process. So why shouldn't a young business, in particular, lap them all up? And while we're at it, why can't other disciplines play a part in design too? In the pod today are two founders of a design studio that challenges all of that. Hi, my name is Gail Noonan. And I'm Tatjana von Stein, and we are co-founders of Seller Concept. Set up by Tatjana and Gail, Sela Concept is a design studio specializing in shaping environments that engage and inspire all who set foot in them. With backgrounds in interiors, events, graphic design, and in fact, in Tatjana's case, psychology, they are able to offer a full spectrum of design services, spanning interiors, visual identity and branding, event design, and curation. Their portfolio includes designing effervescent and engaging retail spaces, restaurants, bars, hotels, and members clubs, and they've also worked on high-profile launches and landmark projects for the likes of Google, Netflix, and Instagram. Theirs is a studio that refuses to be boxed in. The key thing when you're starting a business is you come in with one idea, but somehow you just have to allow for it to evolve into, into something over time. I think particularly when it's a consumer-based business like ours, which is less residential, it's kind of, you know, various brands and various industries, we form ourselves as the industries keep on forming themselves as well, and therefore the clients, um, which is actually what's exciting for us because it keeps us on yeah. our toes, doesn't it? And, and we also were just full with like charge at that stage we were just dying to get our teeth into the next thing anything yeah um but it was good because that was a project that was just it there was just it just flowed you know it's just the right thing to do the next that workspace just because we and also we know now that anything that we need to push or force Mm. isn't naturally ever the best way to start and it doesn't end up actually having the best results. So it was no, a really true. lovely start. Actually. It's true. I think it's a real, it's it's getting a healthy balance bef- to fight for projects, put everything in, go as far as you can. But equally, I think there has been over time a lesson learned about the things that don't feel quite right, which you're pushing too hard and there's too much of a panic mode on it. It doesn't gel, it's not supposed to be. And you have to kind of learn to let those go as much as take the ones on which kind of flow a little bit easier, isn't it? I know, and surprisingly things that we've really wanted and kind of focused on and really pushed for mm. that didn't end up organically happening at the time have come around in, you know, better later forms. Totally. At yeah. better times. Yeah. So you, it's just, it's, yeah, I mean, that's trust, definitely one of the, the lessons, isn't it, that you have to trust in that a bit more. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been, we've been lucky and we've been lucky. Well, I think what's been amazing for us has been the variety of projects. It's also, you know, what, how we position ourselves in the market, in, in our in our head as well as, you know, we are creative design studio. I think it's the, the time, maybe it's a kind of a new age design studios, you know, which is a little bit more in line of the same way industries are overlapping. You know, every retail store wants to be a concept store, i.e. be part restaurant, part coffee shop, etc. What we love and in a way, I think what's fortifies or kind of strengthens our design skills through time is that variety. When we're doing an, an installation job for Conrad for London Design Week, it's a it's a very abstract design form, which is very different from a restaurant or hospitality or, or retail, which, is, which has a science of behaviour within it in a different form, which mm-hmm. of course 
we love in, in, in both their aspects, but it does mean that it stretches our creativity in different ways. Yeah, which it's, is it's exercising only, all of those parts. Yeah, exercising which is our like brain is different. One of the main reasons that we love, I mean, we love our studio because we get to, you know, we get, get to dip our toes in, in the, all of those projects. And it's the variety that definitely keeps us charged and keeps us going and keeps us hungry for the next thing, which is, which is pretty magical, actually. Yeah. We just get to be involved in these projects. Um, but it also makes it hard for us to um, talk about our studio sometimes because um, normally you fall into a very prescribed set, mould or shape. Yeah. Whereas I think that a concept came into the world and you and I were just dying to get our hands on lots of different projects um, and with lots of different skills around us. So... Mm. Yeah. We're not it, always in one set category. No, definitely not. But I think that's why it makes the most... I mean, it's not... I was going to say, it makes the most sense for us often to be part of a new brand, a new retail project or a new hospitality project or whatsoever because we get to be there for an emb embryonic creative stage and then be able to showcase... Well, of course, they always laugh when we say we can do this, this, this and that and we can do it all. <laughs> but, you know, the reality is when you're there for an embryonic stage, you know, you can attack the brand from a holistic approach and we can deliver all of the touch points on mm -hmm. that side and really make it kind of one long story which I think is happening more, more anyway more. but it also means you know we've done some installation jobs for Instagram and so on so you're suddenly kind of thinking about those moments and how people are using their cameras etc and we're starting to use the things we're learning from this in in a normal kind of hotel project and seeing how people use Just the like space and pollination yes of, of, and communicate of different disciplines and skills um, yeah, and, and we, our favourite, I mean, our ideal is, like you say, the embryonic stage, getting mm. our hands on a project, taking full control, raising it up until, you know, yeah. it's a teenager and ready to be le released into the world. Um, I mean, we're going to nursery ourselves now, three years in. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but there is, and I suppose the, the, the opportunity at the embryonic stage also comes with a, with a challenge when we're not there. Sometimes it's wonderful because you, you get into this incredible collaboration and a synergy of minds with other companies who mm. are delivering a part of service that we could also, but that they do even better or in a different way. But the challenge comes as well when we come into a project at a later stage and we really are to put a plaster on a wound rather than, yeah. you know, deliver something from the start. And so, you you know, we are always going to be in a in the kind of businesses we work in, which is, um, as we said, hospitality, retail, installation. We will always be a piece of a puzzle. You still have your marketing team, your PR team, your operations, your services, etc. And, and they all work as one into the final product. And I think sometimes... Um, you know, that is, that's our dream customer, isn't it? As in our dream client is that visionaire who sees it all at one and brings the right people together. What's so interesting as a, as a creative, you know, you, you create, you design, you form a, a brand, a space, etc. And of course, as creators, we're also look, always looking into our skills like only getting better and better and better, hopefully with time. So as we look on the, different pro on the next project, you know, a year later, people are still talking about Omos Place, which is such a, um, uh, such a gift to us. But it's so interesting that these things, you know, they get onto a design or wallpaper, whatever it is, and suddenly it's kind of infiltrating the world a year later still. What's, um, what's wonderful about having a kind of multidisciplinary design studio mm -hmm. is I think you start working on a project without realising the fact that, you know, here we are designing a space, but we've been designing the tables and the waiter stations and all the furniture with a piece, but never thought of it as a 
as a separate part of our business. And, no, you know, now, really now at the moment, we're developing a whole furniture range and you're designing a whole new brand for furniture, which it's was true. part of a project, but suddenly is becoming a, a separate piece. But you're right, Tatiana, every time we approach a project, it's very much, you know, we want to get our hands on as much of it as possible. So you're right, until recently with the furniture, once we put a, you know, we put a label on going into developing new furniture, only then do we look back and see all the pieces that we've already made and created and not really class it as separately, separately you know, or yeah. categorise it. Mm. Um, I think that's what I loved, I would say, about... Um, the evolution, I would say, working at Block, the workspace in De Beauvoir, Block in De, in, um, in De Beauvoir, was obviously an amazing project for us. And it was very much about creating the culture and the interior design into a space. But, you know, as we evolve projects, fast forward to Omar's place, suddenly, you know, it's a restaurant. It has its... It has its um, it has its functionality already in place that in this instance, you know, a whole focus went onto the design and it was designing each element, each design. I mean, every corner, every wall, every floor, every waiter station, every element was designed to the detail, which we didn't get an opportunity to do at De Beauvoir. But in De Beauvoir, we got to really stretch our minds on how we can create a culture within a bigger space. And I think that's the wonderful, exciting part of everything we do. It seems to um, yeah, but push that, different buttons, doesn't it? It came down to really the client because Edward Benyon was quite you know he was that our dream visionary client that said you know just he just took on board what we had to say about that mm. large beautiful block and we could just take full reign which is just it can't be more fun um and yeah the the aim to create that little vibe mm. I think think it worked yeah and I suppose it goes along you know the involvement of our of our process and our and our, you know, our ways of approaching each project is changing with time, and so is our style, you know. And if you, I think the styles in general are changing, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, no longer really. We've had our Scandi, we've had our um, mid-century, we've had our Memphis Bauhaus, and I think, you know, if anything, you and I are on a little quest to kind of caption and 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 really see our style. Um, surface, but I think it's just always gonna it's gonna have a. I a, mean, I dress blend. the same way I design, which is a complete mix and makes absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> um, I think the and I think that's the beauty of it as well. You know, you can keep on moving. I think it's very hard to try and stick to a style, which it, in the end of the day, it makes you as close to coming in and out of fashion as that particular movement is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting to see Scandium close down, for example. Yeah. And what that actually means to the movement, but I think you know we discussed it before. Does that mean that Scandi's out? Probably not. It's just you know there's been so much replica and cheap forms of a certain style in various mass production yeah, they, it companies. Just, it but it sucks it's, the magic out of it sometimes, doesn't it? It does. I think. Whereas so, yeah. I'm sure you walk into any default Scandinavian home and and you'll appreciate it as much as before. Totally. Totally. I just agreed. Might not place the IKEA Scandi chair. No, but I think it's probably you know our people. These days, maybe I, I'm I'm always between two two. I was about to say two chairs, which is Come a on. French expression. You know, are people actually looking for a point of difference? Are people looking to to copy things instead? It's you know, I think we're in our designs and kind of commercial projects are looking to transport and take you away a little bit and use a kind of incentivized behavior that might be different in people's homes. I think what was quite interesting about you and I putting you know coming together in the end of the day. We're both actually not trained interior architects. 
you know, but we've come from a different side into this business, which is, but from, you know, I studied psychology at university and became a designer overnight through, through passion. <laughs> but, you know, you studied art and really you're, you come from a branding point of view. And they're both studies of, of, of psychology, whether it's of a brand or a human behavior. And that's probably why we have this, this, you know, incredible excitement at every beginning of a project, because we're not just trying to think about, oh, look what material and what shape I want to put in is, or do we want to make people feel where they're going to go and how can this set apart and how can this transport you? And, you know, I'll always try and put an elephant on top of a roof and you'll always try and put, you know, an iconography at the end of a, <laughs> of a corridor. Somewhere. No, it's true. I mean, I kind of feel like where my background in design, um, you know, whatever whatever project we're taking on, whether it's branding or it's space design or it's, um, you know, an installation or it's still... You know, we always go back to the same thing, which is design principles. It's still you're approaching a design question, and it's it's what you bring to that, and that's I think that's we really need to focus on that thing. Yeah, but you I know, think always goes, because you get to you get to um, you get to bring whatever's in your arsenal. You get to kind of attack mm-hmm. that question. But I think it goes beyond the design question often, doesn't it? Because I do feel like we most of the times ask ourselves throughout from the beginning in the middle at the end but how does it actually feel because I think there are moments where you know what looks a sketch on paper and a a 3d drawing or a rendering or whatsoever the shape looks great the feeling things but you know we often sit back in the middle and have to like rip the pages off and start again because we're going yeah but how does it actually feel sitting in this or how does it feel yeah a really well put together plan floor plan beautiful design doesn't translate into an amazing vibey restaurant or a super cool bar with um, something you want to return to. That's another thing, mm. that it's not like glass case kind of just finished design. It's, no. it's something that you, it, it's it's emotive. It's way yeah. more emotive than it, you know, feels when you design it on paper. You yeah. have to consider those things. And it's also, you know, it's wonderful thinking, considering we're working in public spaces really is most of the times at least is people have different, Emotions, opinions come at different times of the days and how do you cater for that? While, of course, you have a certain audience or market you're trying to kind of target most of the times, is how can we make one space transform itself from day to night? And, of course, as we all know, I have a... Not as you know, as you know, I have a I have a penchant for um, for levels and going up and down, and operators hate that. However, fifty million seats. There are everyone is steps. Different. You mean <laughs> sunken booths wherever I can, which never get agreed on. However, in the end of the one day, day, it is one it day is, it is about creating um, different atmospheres. It's about creating different vibes. It's ticking the boxes for different people at different times of the day. Yeah, and I feel like it comes down to integrity, really. You know, if if someone can stand. A designer can stand in a space and and know what it needs because they understand that vibe. They understand what's necessary to create. It's it's applying that. You know, you, it's not necessarily that it's always going to be a perfect formula, but I think it's it's understanding first of all what people need from a space because otherwise mm. it's just going to be a beautiful new place yeah. and um, there's no longevity in that. Sadly, totally. And actually, do you know it's interesting because we were working on a project recently um, and. The, the building had obviously been built into this kind of hotel project and we soon realised that actually we because Gail has a branding kind of side and from psychology etc you know we the positioning of a brand is really what we attack before we attack anything else but when the functionality is attacked before the positioning of a brand 
it means that actually they haven't built a building thinking about the audience. They're thinking of a building in terms of their own aesthetic agenda, really, beyond the actual use of the form. So, it, you know, it's the other way around. But of course, you know, the branding is often looked at as, as a logo, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, rather than thinking, who are we looking for and what is the audience and where it's going? And it should start, realistically, that kind of branding strategy sort of should start before anything is built, and I'm including bricks and mortar. Yeah. And for us, of course, that means that rather than us coming retrofitting into a space, trying to make it work and recreating new corridors and, and new everything. It's ripping just, down. It's ripping, ripping down a building and, and facade most of the times. You're listening to Thought Starters, recorded at the pod at White City Place. In conversation, our design duo Tatiana von Stein and Gail Noonan of Sela Concept. goes back to again integrity of a building or a brand and mm. considering it all yeah. it's like just watering your plants and looking after people yeah. I suppose you have to make sure that you understand experience what you're going is, for. is the new buzzword isn't it yeah. <laughs> you know I mean it's interesting we have retail clients have come to us um, at the back of seeing our projects in the press which were restaurants and hospitality at first okay those Clarkmore but that was years ago I think we were more known in the design industry for our hospitality projects really and the fact that you know well-known retail brands have come to us is because um, they know that they have to you know with all of this kind of with all of the online and digital world now the I, I, I imagine well the question is you know what is what is the um, the role of physical stores for brands now and I suppose it's really to kind of enhance yeah, a brand a hot, and the experience of a brand. So then, does wh- it work? Is it yeah. necessary? Which you know makes when sense. so many people are, are are shopping online, and of course the answer is, of course it's necessary. You you, you know brand experience is not something that's just picked but, up on online, is it? You know, do we do we need? Some those? people might say the opposite though. They might say you absolutely do not need a physical presence, and I think that's why it's interesting. They're coming to us from a hospitality background, looking at the behaviour more than the science of selling, i.e., how can we create or in- incentivize or you know emphasize that brand experience, and maybe people then go shopping online afterwards. I suppose that's the main aim. At least that's how we're looking at it right now, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the digital world is so big. But, uh, you know, unless we all think that everyone's just going to stay behind their computers all day long, humans are still looking for experiences and every single touch point. And every single touch point, therefore, is important. It's also, you know, what we're fascinated by is creating that experience and creating those feelings. Yeah, but it's got a greater role now than it's ever had because I just I don't just don't know if you get that same brand experience online it's just it doesn't well okay. I think they go hand in hand they go hand in hand but I think also beyond just for retail just retail you know people always look for something to do particularly in cities you know and whether they're going to a market or a restaurant or a store or whatsoever it's just that I believe stores are probably less purely for the shopping to kind of come back bags in hand I think they're the stores are also a new experience in it's retail it's a touch point yeah, it's it a large touch, touch point which is know? why every single client asks us going and what's the Instagram moment which is actually getting a little bit frustrating <laughs> because sometimes it's nice yeah. just to have a beautiful space yeah. and we don't need 50 photos of the same angle I think angle. it's had its day although it a lot of day. bloggers might say no it's not had its day yes probably um, but yeah. then they all have the same shot but then okay, yeah they all have the same shots yeah. um, but no. the, this is certainly coming coming around and it's interesting because on every industry we touch is is what is the, that Instagram moment. Well, I think that, well, people just expect more now. You know, there's a bigger... We're, we've, we've got more access to more content mm-hmm. than we've ever had. We 
you know, we just have to put mm. store into Instagram to or Pinterest yeah. to see what we should be experiencing yes. every day. And but people have got expectations of those spaces. Uh, you know, it'll always more content and more exposure will always bring higher expectations. Yeah. Um, but I think I think a lot of places are really stepping it up, even in hospitality. I think where, where it's a little bit sad when it's down to kind of what is that Instagram moment is you're totally forfeiting the idea of that sense of feeling you get. You know, the, the photos we have of, a, of Omar's place are very different from what it feels. It feels like an, like you're in an em, embryo, you're in a kind of nest in there. Like a womb. Like a womb because it's so <laughs> embryo. It feels, it feels, it feels like you're in a womb. You know, it's good. Everything is really textured, etc. And that doesn't always come out in kind of the photos that you're putting out on Instagram or whatsoever. And, and I suppose hopefully that actually pushes for people to still come and experience it. I think that's the, the problem with Instagram. I would say is that the more you know, and I've probably actually done that myself. I've seen a photo of something a millions of times. It doesn't mean that tomorrow I've had to go and see it myself. And it's getting that balance right, therefore, not just to create those hero shots, but also just to create yeah, the space you, as a whole. Do you think that people value kind of the content over the aesthetic? In I don't what know. Way? I mean, sometimes I feel like a restaurant gets more visitors or clients because it just looks very... It's awesome. As yeah. opposed to... I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, you know, aesthetics that are winning. But it, it's, but it will but become it, a very, very aesthetic-led industry, right? For sure. But then the thing is, no, you're definitely right. But in the end of the day, who are our client, favorite clients and our kind of the clients we, we will always search for, A, the visionary clients, but B, also the ones who actually don't just do a hero kind of uh, physical moment, but also really underlie it with the beautiful service. And the same way we care about the wall textures and every single joinery element and the human behavior, we actually really care and hope that the operator, you know, has the same care and service element of it, you know, because then it becomes one full experience. Yeah, I mean, there are many experience. elements to experience in a brand. You're dead yeah. right. It's not always, it's, you know, if, if the comforts come in very yeah. many, so many different forms behind what it looks like. And then know? it becomes a repeat space, you know, then it's a space that you want to go back to. We're you know, all you and I trying to, to our find local the whole locals. time. Yeah, absolutely. There's a return restaurant, there's a neighborhood restaurant that we all just want to find. We want our, we want our pub, we want our restaurant, yeah. we want... Yeah. All but I think we're typ typical designers, you know, you never actually go to a super design place, you go to a total under-design place on a, on a regular basis. <laughs> God, it's true. Unstimulated. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so remember when I was taking you one, I, I had some, I, I had said that I would do the Valentines and <laughs> I was taking, I'd made all these plans that we would do this and this. But of course, I was being really indecisive because we are in London. There are millions of places that we could go. But um, so I booked quite a few um, and then we just indecisive. walked through each one of them, not really feeling the, like you were always after this ultimate hit this like yeah. amazing moment and um I, you know of course we were wandering around portobello road and um uh where we we ended up at this little french place that just we sat at the bar i think there was no table and and it's, it's not our favorite place isn't it it's now one of our favorite places yeah, yeah i mean undesigned non-designed what's the word well maybe it's, yeah underdesigned. underdesigned yeah i don't know anyway little sapage some lighting that's like naked and all of the things that we'd never arrive at but vibey 
I think it's a mixture, isn't it? Like, on one side, I'm always most inspired going to Milan Design Week, going to the old Italian beautiful villas, Villa Necchi, etc. Because it's got that timeless timeless sphere to it, which I love because it, it brings immediately this respect for designers over time. And I think that's obviously, you know, who you will always ambition to, to become and something you're training to become. But equally on your day to day, you know, I'm we're less likely to go to the over-designed places, like we said. We love the cozy local yeah, but, and the but, pub. But, but it comes place, down cow. to it comes, yeah. Right? But and then, but the cow has so much integrity. It's not trying to be a design destination. <laughs> no. It's not trying to be anything other than, um, you know, what it's naturally and organically grown into being, which is just an awesome place to hang out. Which is why you know, I just got a random mix of people. It's uh, you know, again, like we said, the magic mix comes from the service for people, the atmosphere, the design as a whole. Which is why actually we care so much about who we work for, who our clients are and what they're trying to build and is it all kind of on one side and that's that's certainly seller 2.0. But then that comes that comes back to what we said earlier which is it's service, it's language, it's it's people. What you know, once you create something that's quite genuine mm. and people can really like happily lay their hand on, um you start to attract that yeah. you know, you start to attract people and that's yeah. that's definitely one of the major things mm. in creating a space that you need to make sure that you're hitting the vibe of what it's trying to be or what it should be because once you get that right you know it's it's culture making i think when you're designing something you have to consider what is it in a space that's going to make people return make people sure. want to return but then you know there's also different briefs right sometimes there's a brief for some creating a space that just fully transports and i think even in the local it's something we want to do but and weirdly you know the little french place we love also transports us you know it's in the middle of a high street there's not over designed but it's just got this amazing little vibe and it's little candles or whatever it is um but in terms of favorite places i actually find that the trickiest trickiest question at all times because you and i've been asked your favorite song because you and i get inspired walking down the street in the end of the day. I mean, I started designing some pieces of furniture at the back of a stone you see in the middle of a street. You never know what is actually going to inspire you. But I think it's an indulgence of atmosphere, which is why I go back to Milan. You know, I remember going to Milan the first time and I came back and suddenly we were going, ooh, opulence. You know, opulence is now vocabulary. And it just, it allows you to stretch and think in different ways. And I suppose if we could, time permitting, I would say we'd have to travel as much as possible around the world because it does bring you it familiarizes yourself in such different environments and the same way that we love to mix stars and everything's quite eclectic you know if you can bring these different traditions and these different making and materials and capacities through it does create a unique language which is really what we're always after that everything has its unique space and feel yeah but it's keeping that kind of that that um a kind of fountain or reservoir topped up because totally. you know if we've been working really really hard and we're working on a lot of projects it is quite depleting and you need to keep an eye on that because that can run low and yeah. you're like oh okay where do we go from here and travel and experience and all of those things yes. they just nourish but passion you know in the end of the day passion is really what what um keeps you going if you're an entrepreneur i think you know if you love what you do and you just can't help yourself picking up your sketchbook in the middle of a plane and you keep on drawing and you're full or of ideas. Or the middle of the night like you. Or middle of the night like <laughs> me. But, you, you know, the thing is you just keep on going, but it's, it's, it's in you and you can't stop yourself doing it. And, and in I, the end, you know, being, being when we started the business, okay, we're lucky because we're a couple, so we go through the highs and lows together, which has its own challenges, but it's also what excites us. But in a way, you know, those 
those lows are very, I say lows, those, the, the moments which are a bit challenging at the beginning of when you're starting a company and everything's very unknown, like you say, is very quickly topped up by the passion of the things you want to create and you can't stop yourself doing it. So I think if I ever had any advice about that is just keep the passion alive, really, isn't it? Just yeah. keep on creating as much as you can. That was design duo Tatjana von Stein and Gail Noonan of Seller Concept. This has been Thought Starters, recorded in the pod at White City Place. Thought Starters is a DNN co-project for White City Place, produced by me, David Michaud, and recorded and edited by Sean Crook. To find out how you can record your own podcast at White City Place, visit us at whitecityplace.com, on Twitter or Instagram with the handle at whitecityplace, or shoot us an email at podcast at whitecityplace.com. And be sure to subscribe to Thought Starters on iTunes. Give us a rating and write a comment. It really helps. We'll see you next time. 